छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hello, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I'm Jennifer Lovely. I'm Rise Hall. <laughs> got that little husky tilt. I got voice. I got a little scratchy voice today. Um, <laughs> it's fall, and I get the allergies. Yeah, yeah. I um, just because this is don't read the Latin, and I talk about my lungs. I actually went to see my pulmonary doctor a couple of weeks ago, and we are already talking about how to prep for next year's <sighs> summer. Wow. Basically, two months before any fires would start, I'm going to have to double up on a bunch of the medications yep. I'm taking. Yep. Um, which is lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, considering I've been like laid out completely the last three years and we don't actually get a say in whether or not there are fires right. that blow into Seattle. No. Um, anyway. We don't have time to rake the forests like they do in <laughs> Norway, was it? <laughs> So, Rise, what have you been seeing lately? Um, lately I've watched a whole bunch of stuff. Um, one of the things I watched that I really liked was Mandy. Oh, okay. So, I've been resisting watching that because I kind of think it's not going to be my bag. But It's was... really weird and arty and cool. Huh. Like, everything, every scene, there are so many scenes in that movie that look like they should be painted on the side of a van <laughs> in the 70s. Um... <laughs> I really liked it. it. I liked it a lot. Monty and I did not know what to expect going in. We just decided to watch a horror film and chose it at random. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. I think you might like it. It's super violent, but it's also really weird and arty. It's a good combination. I know it's uh, people are already talking on other podcasts I listen to. We're talking about doing their end of year podcast, and I, I just, I feel like. I feel like in so many ways this year kind of crept by really slowly. Yeah, but there wasn't much good horror in it. There was not. Oh, I mean, there I've was liked, some good horror, but I was and trying I to there's... pick like a top ten, and I yeah. couldn't come up with ten. Oh, I, I'm having a good time coming up with ten. I, and, and there's still like four or five movies that I'm kind of weighing whether or not to watch. Um, it's been an interesting year, but it, I think there's movies that feel like they've already come out last year. But they were this year's movies. Like, it's just been a weird where it's been slow and fast. So it's been it's been confusing. Um, One of the things that I wanted to bring up is I finally cut the cable cord and got um, the live TV Hulu, Uh which one of the really nice things. So I'm paying like a third of what I was paying for, like full cable. But one of the things that just blows my mind that I have and this isn't really in the horror vein but um, you get East Coast and West Coast Turner Classic movies. Mm-hmm. So you get, and they're very different. Well, they're not very different, but I mean, you get two different full-time 24-7 classic movies. So I've been just turning that on more often to watch old classic movies, which I love. And one of them that I saw was um, 
um, movie, gosh, what was it called? It's called Mystery Street. And it had Elsa Lanchester and um, Ricardo Montalban in it, where he played a detective in an area that had kind of like a higher, um, I think, Hispanic. I think they were playing it as like a Hispanic yeah. population or Puerto Rican population. And um, it was just, it was a fun noirish mystery. But what I really loved was watching, it was, you know, Elsa Lanchester in an older role. Uh-huh. When she's still pretty young. She is, well, she's still youngish. I think it was like 1950. So, yeah. So, you know, it's quite a ways after, you know, um, uh, Bride of Frankenstein. But she really was this, like, kind of ball-busting, um, and it was very, <laughs> I completely saw her, uh, paving the way for the Shelley Winters of the future. Right. Of well, when, when she was kind of playing that big bad mama kind of like yeah, yeah. ballsy lady character. And it was just it was just fun to see that like you know, I just I really enjoyed that. Well when Elsa Lanchester was young, she was like one of the first students chosen to study dance with um Isadora Duncan. Oh wow in the natural dance school. She hated it. Yeah. But she learned enough there that she went she back. She for a while. Yeah, when she went back, she got a job teaching dance at an all-boys school. school. Yeah. And that's probably really where she learned her ball-busting skills. Yeah, I, bet I can she imagine. Did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been also watching uh, some children's movies. We went to see Wreck It Ralph 2. Um, Ralph Breaks the Internet, which was sweet and charming. I thought it had a really good message. Uh, I liked and I it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it felt a little meandering where the first one felt so really, really, really good. Yeah, the first one was really much more focused. This, well, you know, the internet's got a lot of crap on it. <laughs> I mean, I it, felt it was when, so when, name droppy. It was yes, just so. And, and when even Tekla is saying, you know, there's a lot that could have been cut from that. And you just still had the exact same story. <laughs> it was yep. like, wow. She is okay, right. Honey. <laughs> And then um, a thing that I really loved doing is we watched Wonder, and it's she's become this really avid reader, and I feel terrible. Right, I know that she liked the book. She did, and it's really neat watching things with her that she has read the book and gives an interpretation on having read the book versus seeing the movie sure. and how she feels differently about it. Um, and I feel really, I still have a lot of guilt because I was frustrated with how little she read, um, and then I got her glasses. And now she reads a lot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's funny how that happened. Um, so jumping in, is there any horror that's outside of um, the topic that we have for today? Which is no surprise to anyone because we are doing uh, single location horror um, due to the joy of communication <laughs> from last episode. Yes. But it led um, us right into having a, a theme for this one. So, yeah, I have a bunch of stuff I watched that doesn't really fit in the theme. I finally watched Insidious 4, The Last Key. Oh, yeah. And I think it might be my favorite Insidious movie. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. shit on it. I really liked it, and I think it works perfectly as a standalone. It does. It's... It does. And there's a lot of stuff that, where she's talking about her childhood, that really, really connected with me, and I thought was really powerfully acted. And uh, including a lot of the guilt that she carries, even into her old age. Yeah. Um, it was just really and good, creepy. and I love that actress. I'm so glad to see a horror series, which there are younger actors and 
and actresses in it, but she's the Lynn anchor. Lynn Shea is an amazing. Yeah, Lynn Shea is the anchor for the Insidious series, and she does mm-hmm. an amazing job. And it's just such a breath of fresh air to see that character, to see an older female character carrying a story who is carrying a story and kicking ass. Yep. Despite what's happened, despite as we find out in Insidious Four, her horrible past, past. and yep. her history. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Um. I watched I, that Alexander McQueen documentary without you. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to eventually watch it because I watch all the documentaries. Did you love it? I had already seen it. <laughs> I had forgotten I'd already seen it, but yeah, it's really good. Okay, well, I'll still watch it It's anyway. definitely worth watching. <laughs> Did you see it at SIF or something? Or I can't say. You just know you'd seen it. I have seen it. <laughs> My methods may not have been entirely above board. <laughs> But we don't need to talk about that. But I don't need to talk about that. I had a movie where I flipped the table and said it just wasn't for me and turned it off. I tried to watch uh, Soderbergh's uh, Unsane. Um, And it is... I just... I don't know if it's the... It's a, a woman who's had stalking issues. She moves to a new city. She goes to a therapist. Did she have runs in her stockings? (laughs) Is <laughs> those her stocking issues? Those are not her stocking issues. I might have been more interested in that film. I recommend, by the way, if you are having stocking issues, I highly recommend you shop from a place called Sock Dreams. They are in Portland and they're awesome. They will help all of your stocking issues. <laughs> I snuck in a plug. <laughs> a plug. Okay, so she's had issues with being stalked. Uh, she moves off to a new city and then goes to see a therapist and makes kind of a production out of not really reading the paperwork that she's signing and then gets involuntarily um, uh, kept uh, for for therapy. I can't, I would, I'm the, committed? She is committed um, and against her will. And there's a whole bunch in the movie where you're like, is she... Is she crazy? Is she sane? Is what's actually going on? Is she an unreliable narrator? And it there was just stuff in the storyline that just made me super uncomfortable. And I wasn't having any fun watching the movie. And it wasn't doing enough outside of being fun to... Like, there's a lot of movies that aren't fun that I really enjoy. Uh, I showed Hereditary. Um, I and, and Hereditary is a not fun movie, but it's fucking amazing. Well, the first time I watched Hereditary, I did not like it. Because it ended, it has that ending and everybody's like, why did the film end like that? But when I watched it the second time, I saw how they telegraphed the ending of that film clear through and how beautifully it fits together like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend if you tried watching Hereditary and you, it wasn't for you or you thought the ending was really strange, watch it again, like someplace where you're paying attention to it. And it's very, it is probably the most rewarding second watch of a film I've had for a while. Yeah. Uh, Before I go into anything else that I've watched pre-theme, is there anything else that you've seen that you enjoyed? Uh, Okay, so I, first off, I know Dave Navarro is listening to this podcast, and I'd like to owe him an apology because I was very mean to him. So there's this show, this thing, and it showed up in my feed under Recommended Horror Films, and it was called Morning Sun, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, and it starred Dave Navarro. And Dave Navarro is an excellent musician, seems like a decent guy, but not an actor. And so I was making fun of this horror film, 
And then I randomly decided to watch this horror film. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary about his mother's murder. And it is oh. amazing. And I oh. felt so bad because I was such a jerk about about making fun of his acting career when he's not acting. And it, it's actually a really good documentary. When he was 10, he went somewhere with his dad. And when he got home, his mother had been murdered by a boyfriend that had been stalking her. Oh, jeez. And for 10 years, they didn't catch him. So Dave Navarro was always, like, got into drugs and stuff because he was so scared all those years. Yeah. And then they finally caught him. And then during the documentary, he goes and talks to him in the jail for the first time to try and get closure. And it's not an amazingly good documentary, but it was far more than I was expecting. And like I said, I had no idea. So on that, I give I give Dave good. Navarro a pass. On that, well, good. I do not give him a pass on that tattoo show he hosts because it's angry and divisive. But <laughs> um, a movie that was brought to mind because of last week's theme of horror and house. Um, I rewatched Coherence. Which is, there's a comet going over and there's discussion of how comets in the past or this comet going over before had caused disturbances in reality. Oh, it's is that Nicholas a Brendan. Lars von Trier no, film? No, it's not. It's not. Was there um, one he did about a comet going over, I think. I'm fairly positive it's not. It okay, it anyway. Feel, so I have not Lars seen this movie, so please tell me about it. <laughs> it's got Nicholas Brendan and a bunch of other kind of character actors and it is a little bit unreliable narrator, but you realize it's because the reality is altering. And it was a really, really, it was one of those where it's like, it was a, a good first watch, but it, it was an amazing rewatch when you know what you're starting to watch for. And oh, when okay. you start to get the cues that things are not as they immediately seemed. And it all takes place pretty much entirely in a house. Um, but you find out as things are happening that it might not be the same house, even though it is all the house. Uh, and so it's a little bit um, trippy and what dimension are we kind of in and how are things changing and who is who and is that our version of this character? Oh, that's else's kind of fun. Of character. And so it was, I just... It, it's just really, really good. It's from uh, 2013, and uh, I it was a second watch, and I liked it even more than the first time I watched it. Um, what rewatched Black Christmas? I don't think I'm. I can't remember if I watched it before last week or the last recording. I think I, I did not I watch. It. You did not watch it before but, last. Okay. Um, it's. I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to have... There's some people out there who really, really, really love Black Christmas, and I really enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed it watching... It's young adult women. Yeah, I like it really... because the cast is almost entirely women. Uh-huh. Um, the... the f- is she the... F- yeah, yeah, I just... I really like it. Yeah, and it's just even the discussions they're having or the fights they're having, it's... it It seems ahead of its time, even though, like... Right. Having just watched that feminist documentary, it's not ahead of its time. It just no. it still feels timely watching right. it now. Yeah. In, in the way that women are having to fight for whatever choices they make. Right. And, and yeah. it's just... Because they're still in a college works. atmosphere. Yeah. 
And there's a pregnancy and a woman saying, I don't want to change my life. Yeah, I don't want to have this baby, which yeah. is a big deal back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. I don't think I'm ever going to like love it the way that some do, but I really appreciate it. Um, on a recommendation from Jim, I watched a movie called Storage 24. Um, which kind of fits our theme, which I've is... I've heard of that. Yeah, it's Jim really likes it. It's got the... Uh, oh, my goodness. I think his name's Noel, too. Noel something. But he was from Doctor Who. Um, he played the boyfriend of the girl in, like, the first of the new series. And I can't remember his name. But anyway. Um, but it, I mean, it was fun. I... You know what? No, it wasn't fun. You didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't like it. The characters were really mean. Um, And even the wrap up at the end of it was not satisfying. And uh, Jim even kind of apologized after it. He goes, I remembered it more fondly. He goes, because the practical effects or the effects for the monster were interesting. And it's a neat idea because they get trapped in this storage facility and trying to fight their way out. Um, and I mean, it is interesting, but it's mean. It, it's mean, and it, it really frustrated me at the end of it. The last thing I want to mention that I saw is I went to see Widows in the theater, which isn't getting really talked about very much. We talked about that on last week's podcast. Did I? Huh? Okay. Well, anyway, um, I think I am standing up for it even a little bit more. That's um, fine. After last week. I'm not objecting to you talking about it again. I, um... Because I went to IMDb, and there are a bunch of... You didn't read the comments, did you? I did. I, well, I read, oh, sweetie, no. Yes, because they were all giving it, like, two and three star reviews out of ten, um, saying how it was terrible, how it had unbelievable relationships, how it was just a terrible movie. Well, it's well acted, but it's still just a terrible movie. And pretty much what I gained from that is we are a bunch of angry white men. This isn't the heist movie we wanted. It's well, not Ocean's 8. And it's a bunch of women of color, and that's stupid and boring. Well, when I saw the, <laughs> when, when I saw the preview, the original preview for it in the theater, the entire preview was about the men. Yes. Who die in the early part of the movie. Yeah. And so I'm, like, watching, like, the first minute and a half to two minutes of this preview, and it's just these guys pulling off this heist. And then at the end of the, at the end, they talk, they show a couple of the women talking about something. Yeah. And it was just, like, I felt like if that's how they're marketing this, yeah. no wonder it was people are feeling, people are feeling robbed when they go in to see a heist movie about manly men, and then they get a bunch of women of color. Yeah. Because the kind of guys who go to see heist movies about manly men, they're not always the most tolerant guys. <laughs> Did you have anything else that you wanted to mention that you just watched this week? See. I watched a movie called Come Out and Play, which is either a retitling of Who Could Kill a Child or a remake of Who Could Kill a Child. Okay. Uh, these people go to this little island that's like a little town on an island off Mexico. It's supposed to be super quaint. There are no adults, just yeah. children. I've heard about around. this, but I've never seen it. And it turns out there's some kind of a virus that makes the children murderous or right. something. And his wife is pregnant, and the child inside of her tries to murder her. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty messed up. I liked it. Um, 
But I am honestly not sure if it's a remake or just a retitling of Who Could Kill a Child. I haven't looked it up to make sure. But it's it's pretty good and it's real horrific. So there's that. There's that. <laughs> uh, so in our theme of um, single location horror, uh, I had some stuff that I thought about throwing in that well, I, I was kind of sad because I hadn't thrown it in on horror in a house. Um, well, you, but well I, a house is a single location. I am, but I tried to do single location and locations that weren't house. But one thing I am going to throw out there because I, I can't believe I didn't bring it up last week was a dark song. Oh my God, that movie is so good. It is really, really amazing. And it's one of those that I've, I've thought about for quite a while to show for our, my horror movie Fridays. You um, should. It's I got, really will. It's, but it's the magic in it. It has so much weight. Yes. Um, it's not like a, it's not like a witchy movie like The Craft where the magic is just oh we just Super chant easy, and then this like, stuff a happens. Price to pay for the in magic this in a, a dark song, the magic is expensive and heavy, and you have to barricade yourself into this house and, and you have meditate. to invest like a year of your life. Of, you have to like invest a year of your life in never leaving this house yeah. in thinking these. In thinking particular thoughts, drawing especially complicated patterns, yep. all of which will pull the energy into the house. Yeah. And there's, there's I too love much, that about yeah, it. Yeah, there's too much of like, in especially in uh, resurrection films, where you're trying to bring someone back to the dead. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like, you go somewhere for an evening and you think real hard about it and make a choice and crack something and, and yeah. ta-da. Like no, there's very much a very stiff price to just, pay just for. Just bury him up in the pet cemetery on the it'll hill. Be fine. Take, take, yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really amazing, and while fits this, um, I kind of wanted to go a different direction, but I'm also really wanted to take an opportunity just to discuss that movie again because it's fucking yeah. Wonderful. I am sorry I did not think of putting that on my list. Either. Me either. So there you go. Oh, so that's I one of my favorites. Gonna, did I know. that come out this year because it it's amazing. going on the list. It is. No, it did not. Damn it! Came out. Came out. I don't even know if it came, yeah, it came out last year because it was in so, my top 10. So I'm going to have you, let's, I'm going to have most, you most, start this bad Well, way. maybe not most, but many, when I, were, I was making this list, I realized how many of the movies that I love take place in one location. Oh. Um, Roger Corman's Poe Cycle, which I just taught a class on, he couldn't afford outdoor locations. So, Fall of the House of Usher is all indoors. and Lygia there, is all indoors, too, isn't it? Lygia is the only is one of the only two they had a location for. They had a location for Lygia, and they had a location for Mask of the Red Death, because yes, they went they to England. Yes, they drove and it had burned down, and they used... Or, no, it was... He used, it, anyway, it doesn't matter. No, he used that... There was a, burn, a barn that burned down, and Corman got footage of it, okay. and it's in every one of his horror films. <laughs> You'll recognize it. It is the Falling House of Usher. It is every gothic mansion ever burned. It's I kind of love it. <laughs> so I want you to kick this off. Well, so many of the films I like. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was kicking it off, I thought. And then I interrupted you. <laughs> so, as I was saying, a lot of films I like are one-location films that don't necessarily all take place in a house. Okay. Um... The Mist. I love the movie The Mist. Yeah. Shopping mall. Takes Watch place it. in a grocery store. Watch it in black and white. It, it it does so many favors for that film to see it in black and white. I've never watched personal. that version of it, even though I have it on DVD. It's 
I I love it so but much more because it's really kind to the special effects. I know that he originally wanted to release it in mm-hmm. black and white because it's an homage to 50s monster movies. Um, I really like it. A lot of people hate the ending of it, but I think that the ending of it is, for me, the best part. Um, I don't subscribe to the school that says horror movies need happy endings. And, and people need to... And people... Need to have a resolution. And need to have a positive resolution. Sometimes yeah. horrible things happen in the world. And you can't change it. And you can't change it. And you'll make and you make bad, bad choices that you can never reverse. Yeah. Because you think you're doing the right thing. Okay. And that's kind of what the ending of that film is without that, spoiling that's life. it. That's yeah. life. Sometimes you make horrible choices. And a lot of people hate rest. that. But I really love it. It worked for you. It, it worked it for me. It upset me. me. It, it's just... It is an upsetting ending. That's why I like it. <laughs> So, okay, um, first on my list is one that surprises me, but I really enjoyed the movie, but I really hate the director because he's kind of a jerk. Um, <laughs> I have a movie on my list that I like, but I hate the director and he's kind of a jerk. jerk. So. There we go. Uh, my movie is Frozen by uh, Adam Green from, I think it's uh, 2010. Basically, there's some, you know, poor college students that want to go skiing so instead of buying the pass they bribe the lift operator a hundred oh and the ski lift breaks and they get stuck up there all night Well, what happens it's the end of the time everybody who has a ticket is off the lift they shut the lift down because they aren't official and they are stuck too high up to just jump down the temperatures and i think it's a holiday weekend so it's going to be shut down for i think three days so you it, would think a ski lodge would be open on a holiday weekend since it caters to the tourist trade. <laughs> but please, go on. But anyway, um, it is, it's just a three-person on a ski lift. It ends up being kind of survival wilderness horror. Um, I like survival wilderness horror. And it's got one of the Ashton twins. I think it's Sean that is the one that's in it. There's the two brothers that... Some of them are in, one of them is in horror a lot of times. One of them was in um, the X-Men movies um, and uh, Warehouse 13. And I remember one of their names is Sean. Okay. <laughs> the That's other one is something else. And they're identical twins, um, but they, they take slightly different roles. But it's um, two guys and a girl, and it is tense and frightening. And there's something... <sighs> There's something really frightening about being just so alone somewhere well, where it's cold so cold when it's winter and there's snow and it's freezing and there's and and and, and I think it's just all uh, extra terrifying to me as someone who's lived in northern Minnesota where it can be dangerously cold enough to kill you. Oh yeah. Um And I, you know, I mean, part of the reason I moved was like, I'm like, I can't wait for the bus in the snow anymore because it hurts me. Yeah. Like it causes me actual physical pain to be this cold and I don't want to do it anymore. And so it's like, you see that landscape and it it gives me a certain amount of fear. Um, I've been through winters like that. Yeah. And I just, it, (laughs) it's one of those movies because, you know couple years later frozen came out uh the disney version <laughs> and uh nobody nobody really talked about let it go <laughs> <laughs> you're terrible <laughs> 
Uh, but it just doesn't get talked about that much. And it's probably, uh, there's, oh my gosh, what's the other one that he did? There's only two of his movies that I really, really appreciate. And that's one of them. So, um, yeah, go see Adam, as much as it shocks me to say this out of my mouth, go see Adam Green's Frozen because it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, so what is next on your list? Uh, my film by a director who annoys the crap out of me <laughs> yes. is directed by Zack Snyder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it is the night, it is the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Which is fantastic and has one of the most amazing opening scenes. Yeah. That it's really good. To the I, movie, didn't James Gunn work on the script? I think he did. I don't know. So I think he did. I, I could believe you. But on it's that. really good and it's got this great scene where the people in the mall are trying to communicate with the guy that's on top of the oh, gun shop the guy, using yeah. signs. And it's. And also the original Dawn of the Dead is entirely inside a shopping mall. Yeah. So both of those are good in their own ways. Yeah. But the remake was shockingly good. I was so happy to see that. Yeah. Because I'd seen the original a bunch of times and I was like, why would you remake that? That's a great movie. And they found different ways to do things that I really liked. So that is my movie by a director I'm not especially fond of. <laughs> I will never forgive him for Sucker Punch. Never. It was, yeah, that's really horrible. Yeah, dude, you got lady, you got problems with how you see women. Yeah. He, oh, I was listening to his podcast um, while he went through his divorce. And he went from being mildly bro-y to turning into just a chauvinist. Um, yeah just an asshole. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was just, it was a rough thing to, it, it hit a point where they got so offensive that I just turned it off and I'm like, I am never listening to this again. Yeah. Um, because I am almost exactly his age. So I grew up in the late eighties, uh-huh. um, where gay was used as a, yeah, that a was not a towards something you just don't, that like. did not mean happy and joyful. <laughs> If somebody you mean, said you were you gay, and it was usually followed by having the crap beaten out of you. Pretty much. And uh, there was, yeah, he, he threw out that so gay. And I was like, and we're done. All right. Do you have a movie? Um, really briefly, I was just going to say the other movie from his that is um, lesser known, not really talked about, is a movie called Spiral. Um, that was, it, it was, it is... Um, Oh, oh, don't worry about it. It's done. It's all charged up. Um, it is, it is creepy and dramatic, and it entirely almost concentrates on the main uh, actor who was also on um, the David Boreanaz bone, Bones, uh, Joel Joel David uh, Moore, um, and and it's also got uh, Amber Tamblyn in it, um, and and Zachary Levi. Um, and it's just, it's, it's creepy and it is, it, it, it's literally a man's spiral kind of into madness. Um, and it is more nuanced than I'd have ever thought him capable. So it's just really, really interesting. Um, my next movie in, uh, the single location horror is Splinter, uh, from 2008, uh, directed by, uh, Toby Wilkins. Is that the one with the monster with all the pokey bits? Yes. So I have not seen it, but I love that monster design. It is creepy. It is an infection. 
Um, basically, so it, it's not entirely in a single location. Hi, Maggie. Uh, but 90% per, 90 of the movie takes place in this gas station. So basically, this couple is going out camping, and there is another couple that is out that is uh, basically on the run from the law, and it's a guy and his junkie girlfriend. And um, they run into car trouble and end up, like, carjacking the, camp the campers. And uh, they run over something on the road that's spiky. And one of them gets poked and infected. And they end up getting holed up in a gas station uh, where and and it is just a terrifying infection. Uh, the guy is uh, literally going for his master's for biology. So he's able to realize things about that what's going on is not a little normal. bit. Yes, that is not normal, but also how to how to get around it. Um, but it's terrifying. The uh, the way they do the infection is scary and creepy and terrifying these like spikes and controlling the body and cracking it and breaking it and Ow. making it do things that aren't how your body's supposed to bend oh that sounds really cool um and it's just scary is it called splinter and it's called splinter and it's because as it kind of comes out it comes out as these giant black splinters um and right it's you know i I heard like through the grapevine, like, oh, you know, it's surprisingly good. And then nobody talked about it anymore. And it really, really holds up. Um, and it's just this ter terse, tense time with these group of people. And it's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, what's your next? That just got me out at. I know. She's so cute with her She's little She's such a sweetie. Come here, baby. Um, my next movie is from 1972. It's a Spanish film with an English cast, mostly. It stars uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, and it's got Telly Savalas in it. Well, that and he is me. amazing. He's a cost. He's an he's a vicious Cossack who boards the train. It's called Horror Express. Oh, this is the train one that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. The basic plot is Christopher Lee, or possibly Peter Cushing. I don't remember which one. Maybe they're working together. Are bringing a frozen big, a frozen yeti home from their exhibition into the, into the mountains. Okay. And so they put it in the train car, and then there are a bunch of mysterious murders on the train. <laughs> the lights go out and terrible things happen, and people are left like zombies. And uh, of course, it's the of course, spoiler, it's the yeti. <laughs> but it is such a perfectly Spoiler. wonderful capsule of those movies that took, that were set during the Edwardian era that came out in the seventies. Uh, oh, the, the Hammer 70s Horror were stuff, a crazy time. Uh, it, it's an absolute delight. It's directed by a Spanish director named Eugenio Martin, also known as Gene Martin to his friends. Oh. <laughs> That's what I got. It's got, wait, what's my notice? It's got Bigfoot. It's got mind control. What more do you want? Telly Zavala says a Cossack? They got that too. That is what my notes say. <laughs> Don't tell I me have... I shouldn't be working as a copywriter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like imprinted on this strange way on Telly Zavala as a very young girl. And I've just been charmed by him ever since, even though he was kind of a horrible 
He had his horrible moments. Well, he was just a man of his time. I will bring Horror Express over for you. I have it on DVD. I would I would love to watch that. I mean, if you ever want to know how absolutely... I mean, anybody who watches the old Kojak knows that he can both be charming and funny and, and abrasive. Um, but if you watch... Is it Dolly? No, it's... I don't Chatty, know. It's the, the, the Twilight Zone... With the doll. Oh, the Chatty Cathy. Chatty Cathy, and he is the abusive stepfather. Talking Tina is the name of the doll in the Twilight Zone. Okay. And he is terrifying and threatening, kind of in those same ways. He he, he fills the same shoes that John Goodman does in uh, Cloverfield. Where, sure. Where he's yeah, just... He's, he's really like, he's scary. Fu- and he's... he's funny, and, and he'll laugh, and then he'll threaten you, and he's terrifying. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, another surprising... I'm going to bring up another surprising movie. And, okay. and I kind of... That was kind of my goal with looking some of these up are... Yeah. What are movies that not everybody necessarily right. talks about? Because, I mean, obviously the thing is on everybody's list. It's yeah. amazing. It takes place in an ice station. That's one location. But let's raise your hand if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Shame okay. on you for not having seen it. Tush, now, good for you. You get to see it with fresh eyes and see how amazing it is. <laughs> um, my rumpf. movie. Oh, no. Okay, it's still recording. Um, I'm going to bring up The Shallows from 2016. Ooh, an outdoor location. It does that outdoor. still count as one location? It does for me. Because she's pretty much stuck on a rock. Yeah, like that rock. 200 feet off ah. the shore. That's a rough movie. I really liked it. It and is. It, it's really good, and it's a, it has a uh, a certain amount of ridiculousness at the end that I was just a hundred percent in for. Um, and I'd have never. Is it, it Blake Lively? I think is the. It is Blake Lively, and she is fantastic. She really is. She is going to the beach, I believe, where her parents met, um, and I think even conceived her. Um, and I think her mom has, has since passed. Right. And she's going and so there she's, to surf. And right? she was supposed to, I think, meet somebody, but they ended up not coming with her. And it's a very, very... Um, no, she was surfing. And she met those two guys that gave her a ride to the beach. And then they said, we're heading back. And she's like, oh, I'll head back later. And they left her. Yeah. And then okay. she went out surfing and... And hijinks ensued. Hijinks ensued. Shark hijinks. Shark shark hijinks. And Bruce was a jerk this time. Well, he's probably a jerk in Jaws, too, but... Oh, the shark? I just... Every shark's name is Bruce. Yeah, it's a particularly... What's the word I'm looking for? Persistent shark. He is. Yeah, more so than you'd think a shark would be. More so than a normal shark would be. I think if a normal shark bites you and you climb up on a rock out of the water, he's gonna swim off eventually. He's not gonna swim around your rock for four days and wait for the tide to come in. Yeah. Shark's got an agenda. They got business plans. (laughs) He's got things to do. He's got a family to support. He's got shark plans can't. He's not gonna just swim around (laughs) a rock for three hours. He's gonna eat a penguin. Or something. We have really digressed. But it's it is so much better um, than than you would think it is, and so I I, I really recommend. Yeah, it. it really is. So it's be- it's so much better than it needs to be because it's a film about an attractive lady in a bikini, mm-hmm. and yet that's not really what you're thinking about. No, it's not that male no, gazy. It is, no, it really isn't, uh, and it's just really tense and and really satisfying to watch. So, what's your next movie? 
Let me see what I got. Uh-oh. I have... Prince of Darkness by John Carpenter. Takes place in a church. Yep. Um, I assume everyone has seen it, but I am assured that most people haven't. And I, it's one of those movies that I appreciate, but I kind of missed the boat on it. It's I, a lesser John Carpenter film. Yeah. And it's great because even a lesser John Carpenter film is, is not good so movie. bad. Yeah. Um, it's about... When I um, say I missed the boat on it, it's like, I feel like I just didn't watch it at the right time. Yeah. And there's a lot of love that I... A lot of the people who I really adore, really adore, or were really frightened by parts of this movie. Oh, that movie, freaks, it freaks me out even watch, re-watching it. Yeah. I re-watched it. I, why did I see it? I saw it in a theater somewhere recently, and I was like, I do not like this movie. It is freaking me out. <laughs> because it's got this weird... It's this weird thing where they keep getting, like, a radio or a television signal from the future or the past that that part of that movie is so weird and inexplicable that it just freaks me out. Yeah. And I love that about it. It could have just been a straight up, oh, the devil's in this church. We got to do an exorcism. But no, it's, it's all so about mathematicians yeah. and the way that the evil spreads from person to person. And yeah. Yeah. So I really like it. It's, as I said again, lesser known John Carpenter, but still good. Mm -hmm. I'm very sad because they showed it at the church where it was filmed down in L.A. Aww, and I believe awesome. John Carpenter was there doing live soundtrack. Which, that's amazing. I, and I did really not get glad, to go. I am really glad that John Carpenter is getting this resurgence as a rock star, basically, where he's doing all of these I'm glad concerts. he's finally being treated respectably, because his films he, are he got, great, he, and he... He got screwed it, over so badly, because... So many times. Because his... You know, and he gets really angry. He doesn't like talking about horror with people. Because no, he just because he, he feels like the horror over industry so screwed him over. And also, every single time that people tell him that his movies are classic and that they were ahead of his time, and he looks at them and says, that doesn't do me any good, because it didn't help me get a job, because basically no. all of these films were seen as failures. Right, because genre films. Failings. Yeah. There were critical failures, and there were genre films, and they're... And so it, it basically led to the slow downside of his career, whereas to this day, nearly every single movie that he did is held up as... Is right, quite nearly a masterpiece. A lot of his later his later stuff isn't as good, but the fog is amazing. Yeah, uh, they live. The thing is amazing. They live. They is, live is is everybody talks about like every freaking catchphrase that comes from it, except they ignore the fact that the first like twenty twenty five minutes <laughs> of that film is a goddamn art film. That is talking about the it pathos of, and of of being just a simple man. Yeah, it's about to, to support your family and not being able to catch a break. Uh huh. It is a film which 
I've noticed has had a big resurgence lately. Because and that it still is because feels it really is, timely. <laughs> it is more timely now than ever. Because the divide depressing. between the low, between the working class and the rich people is so much yeah. larger that it's not hard at all to believe they're space, they're horrible, greedy space aliens. No. Yeah. So, uh, is it you or me? Where are I we? think it's you. Okay. I just talked about uh, the, the Prince of Darkness. Okay. Uh, do 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 Um, also slightly, slightly lesser known, less amazing and just fun is Feast. Um, from 2015, John Gulliger. Um, it was a part of a series that was done on HBO called, wasn't it called uh, Greenlight? Part of uh, Greenlight. And, um, I don't really know the gist of, like, how that process went. I know it was manned by Affleck and, um... Right. Basically, it was a competitive show where they gave, like, you three got a people budget. money. Yeah. You gave them a certain budget, and they had to make a film on that budget, and then the show every week was following them through each step. There's a show just like it that is on right now. Uh, I don't remember... It's called Rebel Without a Crew. Oh. And they're given the exact same amount of money that Robert Rodriguez had to had when he made Desperado. $7,000. And they have to make a film. Oh. And Can be done. Yeah, it's super interesting to watch. I've, I've been watching it a lot. I There's a little part of me that I, I will like watching documentaries about interesting movies but there's parts of the creative process that i kind of back away from because i still in my head see them as is kind of magic and i don't like too much of yeah yeah you don't want to see how the sausage is made well that too (laughs) i'm like i don't want to see the magic you're like you don't want to see the sausage you just want to eat your goddamn hot dog (laughs) yep um feast is a lot of fun it's a wonderful play on you know, very, it, it all takes place in this bar. It's got this whole cast of characters that are all kind of playing a genre role. And um, and they keep flipping it. You know, you have Balthazar Getty show up and he's the guy who's going to fucking save your ass. And he immediately dies. You know, he's right. And they keep having these little pop ups underneath them of he's the hero. No, he's dead. You know, and then the next person pops right. up, and they're the hero. And, okay, so and, it's one of those yeah, and it's, kind it's, of tongue-in-cheek it's horror tongue films. Cheek, and it's fun, and it loves the genre. I, I hate movies that poke fun at because they don't get it or don't love it. And there's a lot of love. And it might just be love about Hollywood because um, John Gilliger is just part of an old Hollywood family. Sure. Um but it's fun and gross and it's got, you know, aliens or monsters. It's kind of Tremors-esque, um, except so much more disgusting um, and fun. and So more like Slithers Slither, meet, Slither meets, meets Tremors. Tremors. Yeah. Yeah. In a bar with Henry Rollins. <laughs> Name place, <laughs> places Rias doesn't want to be for 500. <laughs> In a bar with Henry Rollins. Yep. And <laughs> I had a dream about him the other night. It made me, last night, and in fact. it made fact. you angry? Well, I dreamed in my dream that I was listening to this amazing podcast that was done by two of my friends. Yes. And I was so excited because they were saying awesome things. And then 
somewhere in the dream, I found out that it was actually just Henry Rollins' podcast. (laughs) And then I was mad at him for his podcast not being people I knew. I love you, Rice. He has a really good podcast, too. Yeah. He's from all accounts. I know. I've heard he's very nice. He's just a weirdo. Yeah. Like, I know that, for example, (laughs) he has a lot of tattoos. He does. And he has a female assistant who's been his assistant for, like, 22 years. Uh Uh-huh. And sometimes when she gets bored at the office, she colors them. Oh. Because he has a big snake tattoo on his arm, and I saw a photo shoot of him where it was all colored like a Beetlejuice snake in stripes, and I was like, why does Henry Rollins have a Tim Burton tattoo? And then on the podcast, I found out that, no, she had just done that. Because she can. Because she's bored and she's stressed out. Yeah. (laughs) So what's your next film? Uh Uh-oh. Next film. Do you not have next films? I think I I had, did I have six or did I only have five? I have five with a um, special mention. Uh, I I have one that I want to call a one location film. Okay. But I'm probably breaking that rule because (laughs) it's called Waxwork. Oh. And it all takes place in this building that is a wax museum. Everybody needs to see Waxwork. Except, We've brought it up a lot lately, but it's just so worth mentioning. Right, except that if you step into the display, like if you step into the werewolf display, you're suddenly out in the woods. Yes. And so... And every single story not is... not really one location, but it's It's, it's funny. always funny. Waxworks. It's weirdly perverse in a couple of stories. Yes, it is. It's got Miles O'Keefe as Dracula for some unknown reason. Because why not? It's the sauce that makes the dish. <laughs> it's just a, it's it is highly recommended. It's an eighties horror film. Probably, I would say tonally, it fits goes along with maybe House. Yeah, and that it's got some silliness in it, but it's generally a good horror film. And then it's got some genuinely scary moments. It too. does have some genuinely scary moments. Yeah. Um. This is my. My apex, my my mount of 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 single location that I just adore, um, and I've brought it up so many times, and I'm I'm gonna find a way to to nudge it into another theme at some point. It's Pontypool. Never seen it. I love Pontypool, and I'm always looking. I for really want to see it. I just have not had a chance to. Yeah, um, I've it's got it. We can been on my list for years. It's I love. It's just, it's just Excuse good. Me. It's it's Steve McCaddy, and who is just a fantastic. I actor. like that it's his ex-wife. I and, like the everything I hear about it is that it's about a virus that is goes through language, and I love the yes. idea of language as a virus, just as a yep. conceit. Yes. So and it's yeah, fantastically done, and it 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 breaks reality and. It's just scary, and there's this tenseness of being, tra- of literally being trapped in this single location. It uh-huh. uses that conceit, conceit so well of we can't leave here, and then hearing things go horribly wrong elsewhere, and they are helpless. Yeah, to affect anything. Yeah. Um. And if I want that, I'll just go to the internet. <laughs> oh, the horrible things I am unable to affect. Yay! Yay! Oh. 
so listeners, I am also very sorry that I sound like Tom Waits' more nasal older brother. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> We're both a little hoarse tonight. Hey. Um, what is your last movie? <laughs> I'm not going to apologize I think my last that. movie is going to be a super low-budget movie called Triangle. Triangle is amazing, and I, I feel like... Did you say earlier that you needed to apologize to Dave Navarro? I did. I'm sorry, Dave. I thought you were in a terrible horror film, <laughs> and you were in a documentary about your life, and I'm so sorry that your life was a terrible horror film. I need to apologize to Triangle, because I saw Triangle at the same time that I saw a slew of other low-budget horror movies uh-huh. that were just incredible and had i seen triangle at any other point in time i'd have been like that was an amazing movie and i'm really glad i watched it oh yeah i watched triangle at that point in time and said well it just could have been a little bit better see whereas i watched triangle randomly chosen out of the blue off a video store shelf and then it was fantastic and then i came home and i'm like this movie is probably going to be really bad but one of my co-workers said it was good and oh my god we loved it. It's yeah. not something I want to rewatch or own. It's not that level, but it does a lot of fun things with distortion of reality. Yep. Are we in a time loop? Is somebody just crazy? Yeah. It takes place on board a ship that's kind of abandoned, but maybe it's not because they keep hearing up. She keeps hearing other people on it. Yeah. I just really liked it, and um, it's a good one-location yeah. movie. and I was really, really needlessly hard on it, and it was undeserved. And I, I really highly recommend it, too. Um, I pretty much called out all yeah. of my movies. The one that I am going to bring out was just a delightful little surprise uh, that Jim showed me probably probably like seven months ago and i mentioned it then um but in talking uh single location movies um the raid takes place in an apartment building oh man that is a super violent movie and it's super violent it's more of an action movie it is definitely an action movie it's uh it's thailand it's a thai action film yes it's from thailand i thought it was hong kong i don't know um, it's a, it's a big Asian cast and they have, uh, one of the groups in it is, uh, one of the groups of bad guys from, I believe the force awakens. They like yes. show up in the ship yeah. and I'm like, <gasps> yeah, it's, um, that's them! in force awakens. They're being chased on that. Ship yeah. They're the that ones the that giant things on it. They get caught by, they catch Han. Yeah. They're coming after him. There's like the two different groups. Right, it's the ship with the giant tentacle monsters rolling yeah. around. Yeah. They're the they're the pirates that run that <laughs> ship. Are the guys from the raid? And it was such a lovely little because it's, um, it's almost like the whole group. So yeah, it's almost the entire somebody, cast of the movie. Somebody was a fanboy, um, of course, <laughs> and it was a perfect um, cameo for them. Yeah, they just stand around and look like badasses, and I was like, "Oh my god, those are the they're guys!" Really from-. And then they're on the movie. Yep, and then they're gone. And it it's just it is just a whole lot of fun, and the action in it is just incredible. And um, it doesn't, you know, I mean, it's it's thriller action movie. You know, sometimes horror falls into that. Of that falls uh-huh. into horror. Eh, you know, it, but it's it was a lot of fun. So I'm just throwing that in as my sure my little uh cherry on the top my yeah, special the mention. raid is excellent it's a one location movie it's more of a 
violent martial arts movie about a bunch of people trying to take over an apartment building that's full of drug dealers. Yep. Kind of like Dread, sort of, story-wise, oh, except yep. uh, country with better stunts. Yeah, country of origin is Indonesia. Oh, Indonesia. Yeah, so there you go. Um, anyway... I think else? no. I think that's it for this week. Yep. Um, what I am going to say is our next episode is going to be the 2018 horror wrap up, um, and also just I think probably you know happy mentions of anything else that you know has that we really been liked. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I meant to mention this earlier because I. I don't know. I just have a little bit more bandwidth. I'm watching more stuff lately. And I've been uh, returning to the Channel Zero. Um, you really like Channel Zero. I did not get into yeah. it. So I am an episode from the end of Butcher Block, which I'm also still really enjoying. I don't even, has, is that season three? It is season uh-huh. three. And it's got Rucker Hauer in it. And he is charming and creepy and wonderful. And, oh, at, good. In that very Rutger Hauer way. That's good. I feel like he was totally I love you Rutger but you were terrible as the fairy king in True Blood I didn't get that far as he's the king it, of the fairies as soon as it like got more fairy-esque I was I I, 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 I clocked out to yeah. you but at that point I knew it was the last season so I figured I'd just grit my teeth and get through it yeah I think I stopped a couple seasons before the end so it's a dumb it was a dumb sleazy vampire soap opera bless Boy, its heart if, if it had just gone on with being the Lafayette and Pam and... Yeah. What was the other blonde vampire? It was Pam and... I don't remember. But anyway, the Scarsdale. Scarsgard. Scarsgard. Um, yes, him. If it had just been the three of them. Like it in a buddy cop more. film. Yes. A buddy vampire cop film. <laughs> anyway, right, so, so... we'll leave you with that thought. And see you in two weeks. All right. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and thieves about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>